0: chapter six of a sevenfold trouble by pansy and her friends the slibrivox recording is in the public domain chapter six the return journey by g r a it was no easy matter to find a comfortable carriage in which to remove the lame boy from that dilapidated hut to the box of a station what was to be done the sad, tired father could learn of no hack or spring wagon within many miles. While standing near the corner grocery, holding a council with the small crowd gathered around the door, he heard the crack of a whip and a gee up from the driver of a pair of ancient oxen. Said oxen were drawing a queer-looking old cart, which held two or three bags of apples resting on a goodly pile of clean oat straw. I would not say that there were not thistles and briars mingled with the straw, but the whole thing presented the first hopeful prospect he had seen for the transportation of his homesick son. It stood to reason that one who would be willing to take a long drive for the sake of selling a few apples could be induced to go a little farther for the sake of the price of said apples added to what he could get for them. As for expense, it began to seem to this father that, poor as he was, he was ready to give almost any price for the sake of getting his suffering boy safely to the cars. The driver was not given time to dismount from the bundle of hay on which he was perched before the request was made that he would drive to Mrs. Joseph Atkins's and bring a lame boy to the station. The team was a slow one, and was in that particular exactly suited to its owner. To drive to town, as that bit of a place with its one store and blacksmith's shop and half-dozen houses was called, was an event that took at least a week for Zabed Williams to plan for. To come from his hiding-place on the other side of the mountain, with such climbing and descending and fording as the intervening space required, was a task which however much enjoyed by uncle zabe was no easy experience to his steers as he persisted in calling his team though he had driven them when he was a very much younger man than he could now be called so, in view of the distance which his team had come, and the pleasing prospect of a smoke and a chat with those benevolently inclined friends of his, who so patiently helped to hold up the doorposts of the store and post-office, two in one, and to hold down the floor of the piazza, it was not strange that much time was consumed and much persuasion was found to be necessary before a bargain could be made. "'You see, stranger,' he began after getting his old clay pipe well fired up and it took almost as much time as it does to stoke the furnace of an ocean steamer them steers of mine has had a right smart tramp this morning and a pretty good load for boys as them is and a merciful man is merciful to his beast or ought to be and that's my way of looking at it but mr williams think of the trouble i'm in if i could carry my boy to the cars or if i could get a team anywhere else before train time i would not trouble you but as it is come now put yourself in my place and do as you would be done by i'm not afraid to leave it to your heart to decide the question of course i don't expect you to go so far out of your way nor take your valuable time without paying for it i'll pay whatever you ask if you'll get us to the station in time for the next train. Love in the father's heart, and the vivid picture in his mind of what his boy must be enduring on that old lounge in a dirty, smoky, steaming kitchen, made him forget alike his own poverty and the disobedience which had been the cause of all the trouble, and plead most skillfully. It must be, he thought, that old Zabed, ugly as he looked, had a heart perhaps it is the heart which moves the head it is the heart which moves the heart anyway if you do not believe it try the experiment old zabe was quiet and thoughtful he had been made to sit in judgment on himself and little as he liked to do any more journeying he did not wish to bring in a verdict which should read even in his own eyes heartless oh i don't say that the prospect of being liberally rewarded did not help to turn the scales in favor of the suffering boy suppose it did he was a poor man poor in a sense which you and i might find it hard to understand whatever influenced him as soon as his apples were handed over to the grocer and his orders taken on a bit of brown wrapping paper and he had been assured three times over that his things should be ready for him by the time his steers were baited, he turned their heads in the desired direction, to the father's great relief, and would have gotten under way had not his burden bearers seen a brook nearby, which in their younger days had often slaked their thirst. Seeing it they went for it with such persistence that no amount of woes could stop them. "'All right, boys,' said Uncle Zabe at last, when he found they meant to go whether he would or not. "'Take in all the water you need for the trip. That's the way the old engine does, and I reckon you need it just as much. Jump on, Mr... what did you say your name was?' "'Moore, my name is. Thomas W. Moore. No, thank you. I'll just go across lots and be ready for you when the team arrives, so that there need be no delay.' I hope we can get back in time for the train this last was spoken anxiously in the hope that he might possibly stimulate the old man's actions perhaps he did at least a loud crack of his whip which to mr moore looked more like an outfit for catching fish than for driving oxen had an encouraging sound meantime it seemed to the boy weston that his father had been gone almost long enough to build a railroad from the station to the hut but his weary waiting had perhaps helped him to bear the pain of removal better than he otherwise would at least he realized that he was not in a condition to find fault with any one but himself so his father found him outwardly patient if his hostess was not very tender of tongue her vigour of body came in good play in helping to carry him to the cart and load him up, as Mr. Williams expressed it. As to comfort, the cart, with its depth of soft straw, was paradise compared with the old lounge. The fresh air, too, had a reviving effect, and this, and the hope of at last reaching his own clean room and bed, helped Weston to feel somewhat encouraged." but what a coming back it was compared with that which he had planned. They reached the station nearly a half hour before the train was due, but by this time Uncle Zabe had become so interested in the injured boy that he volunteered to wait and let him rest in the cart until he could be removed to the car. On the whole, the slow-moving cart had proved to be quite an easy ambulance, and Mr. Moore's heart was full of gratitude well he said we need not wait for the unloading before we settle our bill how much do i owe you mr williams slowly the old man puffed his pipe a dreamy far-away look in his eyes and for some seconds said not a word mr moore began to doubt whether his question had been heard at last the old pipe was taken out its owner stooped down and carefully knocked the embers and ashes from it returned it to its place in his hat-band took another look at the boy on the straw then turned to the father i reckon i ain't done no more than i'd want done for me supposin my jake had been in his fix if i can make it all right with the steers and i guess i can i don't see as any harm's done i kind of think the boy has paid for it in aches though i drove as careful as the pesky stones would let me so we'll call it square.' Then, as Mr. Moore began a demur, "'Well, if you think it ain't quite even, and you ever see my Jake and he needs a lift, why, just you remember the steers, that's all. I don't know where that boy is, nor how he's going to get home.' And the poor father furtively wiped away a tear with his soiled sleeve. His Jake, like Weston, had run away, and his father had not been able to go after him, nor find him. During all these hours, Mrs. Moore had wasted not a moment in her nervous preparations for the aunt, whom she expected would introduce herself before her husband could reach home with the runaway. As she flew about her house in nervous haste, having Margaret to care for with all the rest, and deprived of even the help of naughty Johnny, I do not know that she can be blamed for thinking her lot a hard one. But if she had heard the howl which poor Weston gave as they were lifting him to the platform of the car, I don't think she would have envied him or his troubled father. Weston's outcry, caused by a sudden wrench of the injured foot, of course drew on him the attention of all the passengers, much to his dismay one of them was an elderly woman in a neat plain dress and wearing a kind motherly look on her quiet face by the time weston had been brought to the vacant place near the centre of the car she was there busily engaged in preparing a bed for him toward this she contributed a large soft shawl a rubber pillow and a trim flat bundle mr moore had not turned his head in her direction until his son was made as comfortable as possible when at last he had time to thank the stranger for her kindness instead of doing so he stared in amazement and then exclaimed aunt cornelia the exclamation made weston open his eyes and he felt a little flush creeping over his face he had heard about aunt cornelia what a state of things in which to meet her there was a little confusion and embarrassment not lessened by the attention and interest of the other passengers the truth is mr moore was not quite sure whether to be glad or sorry to find his aunt so near his home and evidently on her way there his recollections of her years ago were pleasant ones and her presence thus far had certainly been helpful. Still he could not get rid of certain ugly pictures which imagination would force upon him. Thought outran the locomotive, and reaching home showed him a state of things not pleasant to look upon. Some things he did not know, which only made his picture darker. He did not know that in Margaret's room a little spirit of regret and penitence had crept nor did he know that Mrs. Moore had been informed of the coming guest and was doing her best to make ready. What he saw was his daughter ill with nervous excitement and waiting only for returning strength to exhibit still more opposition toward her stepmother, Johnny a prisoner in his own room with a heart full of hatred toward that same stepmother, and she, tired, nervous, over-anxious and withal, perhaps just a trifle, cross. Certainly very unready for company, least of all for the aunt with whom he had spent his childhood. So much Mr. Moore believed he would see as well as though he had been at home. Then that torturing, what if, put in an appearance? What if there had been more trouble in his absence? What if Johnny had defied his authority and tried to escape? and margaret had attempted to interfere between him and the mother what if he should introduce aunt cornelia in the midst of some such scene as that what if mrs moore in her wrought-up state of mind should say something to hurt the aunt's feelings or perhaps receive her so coldly that she could not help being offended truly imagination can succeed in making people very miserable of course all these thoughts painted themselves more or less distinctly on his face enough so to make him appear reserved and sadly ill at ease altogether the interested passengers had food enough for curious thought and to judge by the constant attention which they gave to the three they worked over the problem industriously fortunately the distance to travel was not great and so the time for this embarrassing state of things was short there was time enough however for weston to have additional proof that the way of transgressors is hard as often as he opened his eyes and caught a glimpse of his father's troubled face there would seem to appear before him a commandment which he had known almost since his babyhood honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long in the land which the lord thy god giveth thee was it possible to get away from the thought that he had broken that commandment hundreds of times and that his present condition was the direct result of its flagrant violation the pain of his strained limb and injured back the glimpses of that sad face bending over him the thought of all the trouble he had caused and the haunting fear that perhaps he would never be able to walk again made sorrow for the consequences of sin an easy matter he did not understand it but this feeling lacked the first element of genuine repentance for he was at that moment arraigning the woman which he had been told to call mother as the prime cause of all his trouble instead of resolving to do in the future all he could to help his father and make home a happy place he was strengthening his resolution to have nothing to do with that woman if he could help it at last the familiar name of the home station was called and the bustle of removal began some suggestions from the wise-eyed auntie made this a less painful task than the coming on board had been as for a conveyance, the roomy omnibus was close at hand. A loud, "'Whoa!' from its driver was the first announcement to the Moore family that the travelers had arrived. When Johnny peeped from his chamber window, he saw his father in the omnibus, bending over his brother, who was stretched upon one of the seats, his head in the lap of a stranger, an old lady. "'What in the world is the matter?' said Johnny, and who can that old woman be? She is getting out too. Oh, dear, I wish I could go downstairs. End of chapter 6